This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is very glad that Chelsea are back. You really can't beat the first match of the season, especially when it's at home, a special day in the football calendar. Now, it was great to catch up with Marco, DJ, Diane, Ben, Smithy, Mark, Neil, Phil, Yarin at the CFC UK stall, even Kerry Dixon popped over to say hello. Then onto the Atlas to meet up with John and Matt. And finally, the cock to meet the usual suspects. Laws, Tracy, Alan, Graham, Tony, Dom, Ben, Ken, Callum, Ian, Amber, Angela, Kerry, Tim, not that Kerry, Tim, Pablo, Nick, and of course Dan, who organises it all. I mean, it was just wonderful. If I've forgotten anybody, I apologise, but there's a lot of people to remember there. Now, the best thing of all, of course, was that at that stage, we were all full of hope. This lasted 18 minutes until Diaz put Liverpool 1-0 up. And it actually seemed it was gone for good when Salah put Liverpool 2-0 up. But VAR came to the rescue and then Dizazi equalised. And Chilwell scored to put us 2-1 up until his goal was also disallowed for offside. Nevertheless, Chelsea remained on top and the better side for the second half. This felt like a game where the performance was more important than the result. And it was certainly the best performance we've seen at home in the league for at least a season. Chelsea had energy, intensity and desire, snapping into tackles, winning the ball back and looking to move it forward quickly. If we continue in this vein, then the results will come and Chelsea will well and truly be back. But for now, it was just great to feel at home again. And the title of tonight's show is Home Again, Chelsea Fancast, number 1004. And uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and I'm joined by the ever so lovely Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, how sweet. Thank you. It's the title. Um, what was that Peterson Lee song? Home 
home again. No, I don't think. Home well, bound. Welcome home. Oh. Welcome. welcome home. Welcome home. Come on in. Very good. <laughs> keep going. Keep was good. You interrupted Chidge. He was going. He was on, I, I just said I don't know anymore. Well, said it, but it, 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 whatever it was, it was good. I suddenly thought there's a country and western career beckoning for you now. With a, I can see you in a Stetson, Clayton. Can you? Yeah, can you? I can. Yeah. But just, by the way, everybody, we've given the game away. It is, of course, the housewife's choices are. Lovely to see you, Clayton. Yeah, no, it's great to be back. Hello, everyone. It is, isn't it? I mean, I, I kind of alluded to that um, in the intro. We will we will talk about that in a minute, actually, because I think it's it, it it's it's it only happens once a season, and it is worth noticing. Now, this is all subject to uh, to my voice holding out. Um, I've been suffering a bit the last two weeks. I've, I've been kind of firing off a chest infection and conjunctivitis and fuck knows what else. Um. And I obviously I enjoyed myself a lot yesterday, but I did shout a lot yesterday, and uh, I didn't take the advice of my mentor and guru, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, who protects his voice at all times, knowing how important it is, by not shouting like a lunatic. Um, unfortunately, I didn't take that advice. I did shout like a lunatic, and I'm now suffering from it today. So hopefully, it will hold out. Otherwise, I'll just sound even sexier than I usually do. <laughs> now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Hi. Every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm by going to Mixler, which is Chelsea-Fancast. Chelsea-Mancast. That would be a completely different kind of show, wouldn't it, really? Anyway, I like that very yeah. much. Chelsea-Fancast at Mixler, M-I-X-L-R, dot com, where, of course, you can join in the chat like so many of you do by posting on the live chat page, and it is great fun. Loads of people in there chatting away totally ignoring us which is exactly how it should be uh really good people in there many of whom of course have become patreons of the chelsea fancast and uh are in the discord group too but i'll tell you all about that later on uh right um you can follow us of course on all the socials all the socials hurry up chelsea fancast instagram facebook twitter or x as we're supposed to call it whatever um, and, of course, you can listen to the show as a podcast and subscribe on Acast, Spotify and Apple and all good podcast platforms and also the rubbish ones. Yes. And make sure you leave us a fantastic, sumptuous, sexy five star review. It's very simple. You just lie. You don't have to mean it. Nobody will ever hold you up. Nobody will say you lied when you said you liked the show and left us a five star review. No, actually, I, I shall I shall mention this now because it really made me laugh. Um, lovely Ian Titchener, who's one of the the mob in the cock, as they say, had his delightful, lovely daughter Amber, Amber T, with him in the cock. Now, Amber T is a a singer songwriter. She's very very talented musical artiste, and uh, Tony and I were talking to her, and I can't remember what, how the conversation cropped up, but. I said, so do you listen to the to the podcast then, uh, uh, Amber? And she said, no, no, not really. Oh, I said, a bit crestfallen. And uh, I said, well, I kind of do. My dad makes me. <laughs> 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 Which I just thought was, was absolutely quality. 
Like child cruelty. That's good parenting, mate. You know that. Uh, anyway, um, enough prattle from me. We're going to come back and talk about uh, football being back again at the home of football again. We'll see you in a second. I mean, I, you know, boys, 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 before we actually get into talking about the football, um, it was, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, we alluded to this on Friday, JK, didn't we? Um, and a bit last Monday, that it was so awful for most of last season. You know, the only way was up, really. I mean, we, you know, the bar set low. I had swerved football totally, apart from the Troubadour gig we did. Um and as a consequence, I was really looking forward to it anyway. And then I turned up, I, I got a mate, a ticket, who who's a really old mate. It's lovely to go to the football with him. Hadn't done so before, even though I've known him for years and years and years. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the people that were at the CFC UK stall, and the cock was absolutely, uh, it was, the cock was rammed. It was absolutely rammed. It's like everybody turns up for the first game of the season. Everybody makes an effort for the first game of the season. Everybody is happy for the first game of the season. Everybody's really... I said to somebody in the party, I think it was Matt, I said, mate, it's, it's like, you know, because you couldn't, you couldn't have a conversation with anybody because suddenly someone would be saying, hello, mate, how are you doing? You know, and it was like being back at school at the beginning of a school term. It was just delightful. Um, it's special, the first game of the season. How was your roast duck or swan or duck pie? Um, there were hundreds of them. I've taken another picture. But there's a burger stall, isn't there? There's now a venison burger stall the other side of um of the uh isn't it the west stand outside the west stand so everybody can partake of the the, the what i get absolutely normally but uh, they can't have the the swan tart though which is very specific to aussies so um I, I, the reason the, i the, ask you the reason i ask you i'm being, not yeah. being rude but curious really yeah. i've just explained what my first match back experience was like but I, I i mean my my presumption is that yours is very different or is it um well i did the same as you i went to the stall first of all exactly with my daughter the dilemma i've got is that my daughter just goes oh god why do you know so many people Oh, God, why do we have to say hello to all these people all the time? Can't we just go in? I'm hungry. Because I'm famous, darling. I said, look, can we just not... Because I, I said, I do the podcast with them, and they're all really nice guys, and I'm very fond of them all. She said, yeah, but, you know, you, you just you just speak to everybody. I said, yes, that's... I, I can't help it. She said, then people come up to you in the street and say, hello. She said, why? I said, well, sorry, uh, the podcast is quite popular. I, you know, forgive me. Anyway, we... um. We went into the area, and of course, I know a lot of the people there because I've been sitting with them for over thirty years. So you say, "Jesus, stop saying hello to everybody!" And I said, "Well, look, just go and have something to eat. Go and play with your phone in the corner." Well, funny enough, that's exactly what she did. She yeah, I would have told her to do that. Like the minute we got the phone there. in the corner, yeah. and um, um, 
uh, and she's fallen in love with uh, with Conor Gallagher now that Mount isn't there. And so I said, he'll, he'll be sold then. I said the chat that he's going to be off next week. I think like, the way that he wandered off at the um, didn't he didn't go uh, celebrating with the rest of the players and wandered off. But he had a cracking game though, Connor. Blimey, cracking. We're going to get to that. Yeah, I know, yeah. but cracking. But the answer to your question, um, premature ejaculation. It, I call it, that similar in that um, uh, I just greet everybody that you know. We all say how lovely it is to see you yeah. again. You know, did you have a nice summer? All of that business. Talk about that for a bit. Um, uh, I saw the chap who attempted to do, to beat me up, Clayton. He was who was present at the. Uh, he was I, there. He was there again. Um, he ignored me. Um, Clayton was my savior all those years ago. Um, uh, I'm hoping Clayton will repeat it sometime and come this season and um, be my bodyguard. I should just em- employ you every time, Clayton. Um, and um, uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's you're just seeing the same people that you've. It's just a different environment, isn't it? You're seeing well, that, it in that's a, why I in, asked. A, in a hospitality yeah. environment. Really, there's the the difference. Yeah. But we've been. We've been in the hospitality environment for 30 years. And when I first went in there, it wasn't hospitality, as I yeah. keep saying. It was just it was just seats with a bar. You know, the, the yeah. guy, the guy I was telling Clayton this before we went on air, but I went I went along with Matt, who uh, um, when I first started working, he was a massive Chelsea fan. Dad was a Chelsea fan, used to go home and away. He went to every game in the 82-83 season. I mean, what a season to go to every game, home and away. Um and and he we would obviously we had a great time had a lo- lovely sitting next to, he managed to sit next to me which was unusual but you know very grateful for um, but he was saying that his dad used to sit pretty much where you sit in the in the east middle before it before it was corporate yeah yeah he's lovely lovely guy's dad called Dave it was a it's dubbing mix wonderful seats you know that well you know Matt always... you know Matt it, it was Matt 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 Skilton yeah yeah it was his yeah. dad his dad Dave used to sit in the east in the middle of the east All right. Yeah, but you're not surprised because I, you know, when I was in the East Upper, I used to think I want to sit down there. Yeah. That overhangs the pitch. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, um, I managed to do it, and slowly but surely, Bates made it into hospitality. Yeah, it was did. just a normal bar with. I've got pictures of it when it was a bar. It was just yeah. a bar with, and they sold wagon wheels for goodness' sake. Yeah, quality wagon wheels and dreadful coffee and. Um, and oh, I miss those pair. days of wagon wheels that and the dreadful coffee and people pissing queuing, queuing in your up for the loo. The loo's not working. Yeah. No, All that's of that. right. Clayton, um, I didn't. I, I sadly didn't see you for a bit of cock before the game, and uh, I, I you, you, you weren't able to wave at me because you'd done your back, so you said. But uh, it is special, isn't it? The first day of the season, there is something. You, it, it, it is. You know, in the within the confines of the season, it's unique. It, you know, it's the only day that we have like that where everybody comes back, and it's special. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. It's sort of um, the only other time i get excited is the first day of the cricket season the first day i walk into lords yeah so it's it's that sort of when you walk into Stamford bridge and it's obviously changed a hell of a lot from when first went but it's still very special and you know it's sort of been going a long long time and it, it was not i mean yesterday i was uh i was in quite a lot of pain with back knack uh but i was determined to be there um but yeah no it's good it was good um and I, I, I was sort of, unfortunately, I got in just a couple of minutes. I got in as people were applauding for John Holland. So I, I'm sorry I missed the uh, the tribute at the beginning. I got a, um, a, I don't know if you did, because, I mean, you might have done the thing that you wrote. No, I didn't. From, uh, you, you, you got an order of service, yeah, did you? Yeah, 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 from DJ. So that was... Uh, I think he did 
possibly got a box of them. I don't know. Yeah, but it's nice that he hasn't flogged them. He's given them to people who appreciate them, yeah. which yeah. is a DJ thing to do. But I, I knew John quite well, and I, I was very fond of John. So, uh, yeah, bless him. Uh, so that was a nice touch, wasn't it? Uh, right, let's talk about the football. Uh, that's what we're all here for. That's what we're here for the Chelsea. We're only here for the Chelsea. Right, first item on the agenda. Uh, we're now core at... Uh, JK, JK, JK. I, 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 I picked my team on Friday with full certainty that I would be absolutely starting the season off to a flyer and be completely correct. Um, bloody Kepa gets loaned out. We'll talk about that in part two, Kepa. But uh, three, I four. I did say so, Chid. You did. I did say, you did. I said there'll be a curveball. Well, by, uh... three, four, two, one was the curveball, not Kepa. Three, four, two, one. Where ah. did that come from? Ah, but Chidge, it became four four three. I know it's all four four two. I should say four four eleven. Oh, four, no, four, hang on, that's two. Todd Todd Bowley's favourite one. Four four yeah, three. Four three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it became. There were occasions, in fact, even for Salah's goal, where Colwell was playing left back. Yeah, which I have to say, I'm not convinced he's fantastic at that. But he's a, he's obviously a decent player, Colwell. But and you know, and getting used to what's going on. But Salah had him on toast for the first. Uh, 20 minutes we were just completely well, we were we, we were shaky as hell in the right hand we? corner there yeah. Yeah, yeah and their right hand corner every attack looked like a goal and there was space but it's because he was playing four and that's why i felt that those occasions that um reese is playing in a four it doesn't quite work and the idea of course is that silver's not supposed to to do well in a four that's uh that's why it was it was created for him to have it as a three but it it, it moved from four to uh from three at the back to uh, to the, the two at the back with the two full I mean, this is this is not unusual, and I mean, it is it is a bit confusing, isn't it, these days, Clayton? Because I think I think you know I think a lot, a lot of managers are, are less rigid rigid um, in terms of their uh, formations uh, than we are than we are led to believe. And I think J.K.'s got a point there. It was very fluid all the time. And I mean, when I watched the highlights back uh, this morning, you could definitely see we were playing four at the back uh, when we were out of position. Uh, you know, so I I don't know, but uh, it was interesting though because I mean he was really playing Chilwell and Reese as absolute wing backs. Although it was Chilwell who was getting far more forward than Reese, and he I thought had a blinder. It was quite interesting actually because Chilwell reminded me of peak Marcus Alonso because yeah, basically yeah. every time he looked up, he was the furthest player forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, a, it, it was it was a real surprise. Um, I really didn't expect to see the sort of the three at the back with the two wing backs. Um, yeah, so it was it was quite difficult to know what to expect. And yeah, we were first half hour. It looked pretty gruesome, but we grew. And I, I think that to expect on the first day of the season with four debutants. To expect anything else was, you know, was asking a lot. And it was really interesting when when things sort of settled down that it worked. And it worked really, really well. Um, Defence sort of sorted itself out. Um, it was good. It was really, it was so encouraging. So, so many good things. What was interesting was that Chilwell was effectively playing left wing. Yeah, because yeah. he rarely came back to defend. Yeah, which but, was, uh, but he was absolutely excellent. 
it, it, the goal that he took that was disallowed, such a shame it's disallowed, was yeah. superb, superbly yeah. taken. Yeah. Yeah. But he had a cracking game, as did Reese. And, and annoyingly, him and Sterling played a lot of lovely little one-twos together. Sterling yeah. faded dreadfully in the second half, but he, he set him up. His ability to play those balls across the middle, Reese, is just peerless. Absolutely okay, so, so let, let me just basically step in here. I thought even before the second half, I don't think Reese is fit. I just don't. I mean, I know I, I know that he made a few runs, but he doesn't seem to be sort of those those lung busting runs. He yeah. doesn't seem to be doing that. He seems to be holding himself back. Now, whether it is just the natural fear of not wanting to injure himself again, or whether he isn't match fit, I don't know. But he's not a hundred percent there. Yeah, I don't. Clayton, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I I was saying all all match actually with Matt Chilwell brilliant as jk was rightly saying he was like you know the furthest up front and played like a winger and i just we just thought that reese was playing within himself and we wondered if he was you know that that's that psychological thing isn't it when you've been picking up a lot of injuries over the last two years actually i've got an interesting stat about reese jk i've just remembered you know it's amazing it's almost like we've been doing this for 15 years you'd never know would you um anyway james has only appeared in more than 30 of chelsea's league matches in one of his four professional seasons at the club and was on the pitch for fewer than half of their available minutes in the competition in two of those seasons. So, and he's playing like that. He's playing like a bloke who thinks he might get injured or, or he could, you know, he has an awareness, perhaps. Uh, he had awareness in his hamstring. I actually thought he, he got cramp. But he, he went off because he was tired, according to Poch. Yeah, well, it looked to me as if he'd got cramp. He, I, he didn't look injured. And everybody presumed he was injured. And he he walked off in a sprightly fashion. He just stood there and he beckoned to Gusto. And I think the deal was that Gusto was going to come on for, for 15 minutes. I mean, Gusto looks a good player, blimey. Mucho 20, Gusto. 20, indeed, but he's French, so we can't... I know. I, I didn't know I, that. I only found I mean, out. Yeah. I was completely taken aback. I was thinking, what should it be? Beaucoup de Gusto? Or, uh, not the same, is it, mate? Or, no, it's not the same. Not the same. Fuck we it. We'll call him Mucho yeah. Gusto anyway. Yeah, 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 or perhaps with a French accent. We just don't talk, care. Ooh. We don't, we don't um, care, mate. Yeah, we don't care. But um, maybe he's I mean, from maybe he's from, he's from uh, uh, kind of near Biarritz. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah so he could be slightly Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, he 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 seemed to get cramp. He then he then went down, <laughs> down and uh, and and stretched both legs and looked across to substitute and instantly Pochettino got Gusto ready. And so I thought, well, this is either arranged or Reese is just saying, I don't want to do this anymore. But he didn't seem to be injured. Oh, my God. I've just I've just remembered that one of that, the, the all time brilliant pieces of David Coleman commentary in the 1976 Olympics when the Cuban Juan Terena was running. I think it was the 800 metres. And he says, Juan Terena opens his legs and shows them his class. Yes. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely genius, isn't it? Uh, Clayton, 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 Clayton. Yes. Um, you're right. It was shaky, wasn't it, for that first half an hour? I think. I think yeah. it was really interesting. The mood of the stadium when the second goal went in. It just. Oh. It was just like somebody had punched you in the solar plexus, and the yeah. and, the, it, and it, the entire optimism it, that you'd had before the match seeped out of you. But they. Uh, I mean, luckily it was disallowed, which I think was the the, the turning point of the match. But we, we upped it after that. I don't know what happened. Did, did uh, Mopo make a tweak or something? No, I just think the players just 
knew that they got away with one and they just basically thought ah okay uh we need to get at them because the thing was that even though liverpool scored we'd actually had the majority of the play before they scored i mean their goal was fantastic i mean sometimes you know i i think that both goals that they scored were fantastic and i think from that perspective there was actually a realism in the crowd i it was my perception there was a realism in the crowd that look we are a work in progress the Liv- excuse me the liverpool team that played played like a team that had been together for a couple of seasons now okay they've got some new players in there but the, the vast majority of that side had played last season certainly and so they were they were working well together and i think from my perspective when the second goal went in i thought well okay they're just better than us you know and 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 that's you have to accept that we've got all these new players in and it's just not working at the time but i think what happened was and I, my perception as to why things changed um was basically that chucky hadn't really touched the ball in the first half an hour and then all of a sudden he got the yellow card for the high kick oh don't get me started on that i mean it was a booking but taylor couldn't get his card quickly enough out of his pocket first opportunity anyway um and then failed to book any liverpool player who did did anything no, who did exactly the same thing. There were a couple of high boots in the second half, but you didn't book them. But that's that, that, let's not go there and waste breath on that absolute excuse of a referee. Um, but what was quite interesting is I thought that, that Chucky got into the game because up until that point, I very much thought we were playing with 10 men because it all seemed to pass him by. And then I thought he picked it up. I thought the midfield suddenly got into the game. Um should we talk about Connor now? Well, I think actually it's a good time to talk about um, all of the performances. Really, I mean the the ones that the ones that uh, you know really stuck out for me. The wing commander, I thought, had an exceptional game. He looked right back to his best. Um, and I think we should talk about all of them individually. But I'm going to signpost it now. Uh, Enzo was just, was my man of the match. I mean, he he looked. He looked a world-class player best yesterday. Game, best game he's had. Yeah, him. definitely. I thought Connor was exceptional. He had a he like the team had a ropey start, lost possession a few times, got got robbed a few times. Uh, not unusual when you're playing Liverpool, obviously. Um, but then, considering he was he was he was playing as the deep lying midfielder, not Enzo, and therefore out of position, I thought he came back brilliantly. And you know, it's just his desire and his eagerness to to get the ball back and snapping into tackles. I thought he was brilliant. Um, but I also loved Dizazi. Matt and I kept on turning around to each other and saying, ooh, 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 hello, he's a proper footballer, isn't he? Proper defender like him. So I thought he did well. And I have to say, Jackson was an absolute revelation to actually have a striker that moves. The, the, those two runs he made from deep, where he shrugged off two or three Liverpool players, cracked a shot off. The other one, he put Mudrick in, which he, he did everything he could do. And I just thought, bloody hell, we haven't seen that at the, at the bridge for donkeys. So that's those are the ones that stuck out for me, Clayton. But you, you, you opine about all, any of them or all of them. Okay, so I, first of all, Enzo, unbelievable. Absolutely fantastic. I, I, I mean, we know he's good. And last year he was basically frustrated 
trying to perform with nobody helping him. Uh, but yesterday he just looked magnificent. He, what a player. What a player. Um, Connor, as you say, started off shaky and then I thought was absolutely fantastic. Now, I put something on Twitter yesterday and it is he. I think he's basically as close to John Obi McKell in dividing the fan base as anybody else that we've had before or since. Um, a lot of people basically just don't think he's good enough. You know, what is good enough? And I, I, I just despair because I think that, you know, I think passion and fight and wanting to, to, to play for the club and the badge is is so important. It doesn't matter how much bloody talent you like. I mean, we saw all those no marks who basically just stopped playing last year. You know, most of them are gone now, which is great. Um, but I I I fear that Connor's gone. I mean, I said to you, didn't we, on the on the WhatsApp that he just turned down the tunnel and was gone on, on the final whistle. I mean, we've got Casado, and now we're buying um, Lavia as well. There's no way that that basically Connor's stay. I can't see how Connor is staying. Well, I can. Or, or, or Chalaba or Trevor. Well, yeah. Chalaba, I, I think, is in a, in, a, in a... Okay, my theory is this. I hate to agree with you both because I know you're very uh, down on the fact that Connor might be going. I am. I think it would be... It would be... It, it's just... I'm, I nearly dropped a Gareth then. But it would be a, a, a terrible footballing decision. Pochettino clearly likes him. The only way he's going to go is because those rapacious hillbillies want to make more money. And, of course, he's pure profit. And here's why he shouldn't go from a footballing reason, apart from all the ones that you've mentioned, which I totally agree with. I wasn't convinced by Chukwemeka in, I suppose, a creative, advanced, attacking midfield role. I... I I wasn't saying he had a bad game, but he didn't impact a game like a player who is tasked with that role should do, in my opinion. Connor was playing out, out of position as a number six. He's a number eight, but he can play in a similar role to the one that uh, Chuck Wemeka was in. He's he's got de- he's got good technique and he can score goals. And while Nkunku is not available, we need somebody who can do that. I think I've got more chance of scoring a goal than Chuck Wemeka. You know, we know Connor Gallagher can score goals. He makes late runs into the box. He can put people through. He, he can play box to box. We're crying out for somebody who can do that in the absence of Nkunku for at least four months, I believe. So what do you think about that, JK, Clayton? Um, I just think it will be a, a books balancing thing. And I also think it will be the style of player that they want to have in the side. Well, and I, I like, think like all the football fucking Twitter fuckwits like, you know, in other words, well, not English, not homegrown. No, I don't think, no, I don't think anything got to do with that. I just think it's oh, the, uh, uh, if, um, if, if Casido, because I actually thought, I don't think, no, Liverpool weren't very good. And I, I, I unless Liverpool get their act together, uh, I think they'll finish about halfway. And, um, and we might be getting our hopes up slightly just because they weren't very good. And I think, that might be our level and I think we've got to go up a level even from that even though that was a, a that was a terrific beginning to the season and so much more effort and um, skill and competence and intensity than we had at any time last season other than possibly the Borussia Dortmund game which all that that managed to make me do was worry as to why they where they got their 
the intensity from well they got it because they were playing in the Champions League and then playing in the Premiership Premier League they they couldn't be bothered after after that but um I I, I worry that he isn't slick enough for the way this is me playing devil's advocate really because I'd have in, in in every side I'm just trying to look at it from the point of view of what they're trying to create and I think they want I think they're going for this world-class player in every position, which we, which Kenyon always talked about, even in 2005. And I think they're after a certain style of player. And I think he is, he's too, he's too lower, lower echelons. How about this for a comparison? I think that's a very good analogy, by the way. It it does remind me of Kenyon and uh, early Roman uh, era. Uh, Scott Parker, yeah. I mean, Scott Parker was brilliant at Charlton. I mean, he yeah. was a brilliant footballer at Charlton. He was great at Spurs, great at West Ham. Well, let's, let's, before, before he came to us, he was brilliant at Charlton. He came to us, couldn't get in the side because we had world-class players in those positions. So he never really got much of a look in. So I wonder if, 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 if there's a comparison to be made, it's like that, that Connor is, is great and I think would be great for us. But he's not in that kind of world-class echelon, which is where they're trying to go, Clayton. Okay, so I had a long think about this because when you basically say he's not technically good enough, or he's no, I'm just saying the general perception is that he's not technically good enough. Liverpool obviously targeted him yesterday and and pressured him into mistakes, etc. He was playing out of position. But you look at all the great Chelsea sides that we've had in the past. And if you look, you know, if you, if you basically say to, you look at arguably the greatest side, which was 2004, 2005, 2006. We had Ron Jeremy in that squad who played a fair amount of games. We had Yari Yarisic, yeah. who nobody remembers, who basically was, yeah, well, of course you do. I mean, a bit, bit of tall man. He's not the first person that springs to mind. When Alexi Schmertin. You know, and then you basically had Falcao, or not Falcao, uh, Thiago. Okay? Yeah. So those are three players who you would not say were world-class yeah. in any way, shape or form. But they played, they did a job, and they were essential to winning, you know, winning the league. Yeah. It's a team, isn't it? A squad. It's all about having different components. And I think... You know, he will go, Connor, because, as you say, he'll go for 50 million. That's 50 million pure profit. And basically, what they're doing is is they are building a squad. They are basically building, and they're all kids and all the rest of it. I pray that Connor's going to be there, but I, I can't see it because he is he's cash, as you say. Cash cow. Front, everything. And you will get 50. You will get 50, 55 for him. So... It's a great, great shame. I mean, I thought he played brilliantly yesterday. And one of the things I thought about his performance yesterday was, was he saying, I know you want to get rid of me, but this is what you're losing. Mm. No, I don't sure know. That, I think he that, just... That, that, got an enormous he hug from Pochettino. Enormous. Huge, yeah, huge he hug He was brilliant. Him. He was absolutely brilliant. Anyway, just... So that, that's Connor. Um, I thought Jackson was fabulous. My only... Um, my only concern yesterday, if there was a concern, is that we still look really, really light um, up front. And that's not a criticism, Jackson. And what I mean by that is the fact that 
one thing that we did yesterday that we haven't done for about two years is our transition was really, really fast, really yeah. quick. And yet when we got up there, there was nobody in the box. Well, this is, I mean, I, Tony's giving me grief about Chuk Um But, I mean, I, I'm only saying what I saw. I mean, I, I don't think he had a bad game. Um, but I just don't think he's the answer for that kind of a role. I really don't. Um, and, I, and I don't think Sterling is either, although I don't think Sterling had as bad a game as he often has. He faded. He, he, he started doing that thing of when we were pressing in the last 50, before he was taken off, last 15 minutes were taken off, um, there was a wonderful challenge by um, Enzo when he did a kind of pivot and a drag back. He's very good at dragging back and flicking sideways. And then um, Gusto, I think it was, played the ball forward to James, who all he had to do was take his full back on. And and he did that thing of dithering and he played the ball back and all the momentum went yeah. and he just thought but, the, but... the fact that you and I are watching this, they are watching this. He is being scrutinized because he's earning more than anybody else and he's not good enough. He is not good enough for the standard that they're after and he won't be playing. The second that, that Mudweke is, is fit, he'll be playing on the right there. Well, I mean, even now, if we're talking about, I mean, I, I, this is we're getting into part two, but I, do you know what? It, I'm still so happy and happy to be back. I don't give a shit. Uh, I'll just have to wing it. But as I said, I don't think Sterling was as bad as he has been. But my problem is, is that in the the two the two players behind, effectively behind Jackson, were Chukwemeka and Sterling, and they don't create enough. And those are the two pivotal positions to create chances for your striker. And when Mudrick came on and Matson came on, it looked different. Now, not because Mudrick and Matson are great creative number 10 type players. It's a different kind of threat. They scared the shit out of Liverpool with their pace in that last yeah, 10 minutes. Absolutely agree. And absolutely. That's, that's an option. But frankly, right now, I would rather we had two players who can scare the shit out of a defence with their pace and supporting Jackson than two players who don't really create anything and don't really have the pace to frighten people. But, but I feel that they'll they'll deal with it, Chidge. I feel that we're, we're at a stage where they will say to, to Pochettino, Those, they aren't good enough. Who do you want? What do you want to do? I really think that's what they're attempting to do. I think they're attempting to to create a side, almost cosmetically. That was this is what they clearly pitched for to say we will be world champions in we will be the best team in the world within three seasons. And to me, that is what this is all about. This is why we're getting this turnover and these players. And in a sense, they've we're, we're going to get onto it. The whole. The whole Kepa thing fulfills right. all of this as well. I know I'm not. Well, doing no. Well, 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 I'll tell you what. We've had 36 minutes. Let's have a quick break, and uh, well, we're, well, we're hot, and then go go straight back into this because I mean, there's loads of other things I want to talk about. Viz players, James. Still, I think we need to talk about properly. I'd like to talk about Sanchez, and that fits very well in with Kepa. And then, of course, we've got all the Kaikado stuff and Lavia stuff. There's loads to talk about tonight. It's absolutely lovely. Uh, now, before we. Uh, toddle off for a quick break um time for our uh usual plug for the wonderful people at cfc uk which actually happened to include me and clayton um so they were open for business at the uh, store which is opposite fulham broadway uh yesterday you, did you pop over and say i know jk did did you pop over and say hello clayton no because i was on the other side of the ground when i arrived so uh i could barely walk no so, you, you were uh, a bit yeah back neck horrible back neck you poor old thing yeah. 
Um, anyway, everybody's favourite fanzine. You can get it on a match day, as I said, opposite the exit or uh, entrance to Fulham Broadway tube, and uh, it will cost you only a pound. But if you can't get to a match, which is understandable, uh, you can still get a copy of CFC UK, and you can get it as a hard copy too. Now, email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Um, and then uh, you can subscribe for a year. If you're in the UK, that'll cost you 20 quid, Europe 45 quid, the rest of the world 60 quid. If you don't want a hard copy and you want it quicker, in other words, and you can get it digitally as a PDF emailed to you for a whole season, that will cost you £6 or a pound each, and you can do all of that by paying for it via PayPal. And uh, while we're on the case, uh, go and get yourself a Chelsea pitch owner's share. Uh, If you do, it means you'll have a share of the freehold of the stadium, and it protects it from being sold to anybody who's thinking of doing something nefarious with it, like a property developer in the future. Uh, and it will mean that football carries on being played at Stamford Bridge. Uh, it's spiritual home forever or until the CPO agrees a move. If that is in fact what happens, remember they also own the name of the club. So it gives us supporters who care about the club and its history a an element of power over those that may not have the club's best interests at heart. So... Yes, it's important. And they only cost about 110 quid for an electronic share and about 175 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player, for example. Uh, Just go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. Right, we will be back uh, once we are refreshed in a minute or two. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> And the lovely Clayton Beerman. Follow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll do. Um, 
so kind of picking up on where we left off in in part one uh you know i've still got this conundrum about uh you know whether they should be i mean the, just to, to really finish off on the point we were talking about in part one jk of course when we're, we're missing unkunku who would naturally come into one of those positions and we're missing um Madueki, who would i think probably play in one of those positions but i still you know maybe we'll leave this to, do you know what i'm going to leave this to the end because we're going to talk about transfers at the end so i think that would fit more nicely into that i'm just kind of trying to remind myself not to forget it if you see what i mean let's go back to uh to james clayton because i don't think he was at his best yesterday uh he came off because he was tired we have concerns about uh, his ability to play wing back, which is a very demanding role, he's been made the captain. If we assume that Connor goes and Trevo goes, he will be the apart from Colwell of Colwell, of course. I suppose that changes things a little bit. But he's, you know, he's last the last of that generation of academy players. Really, it's all it's all hanging on Reese, isn't it? Yeah, and it I mean, worries that... me with his injury record. You know. Yeah. I, th- I mean, he didn't play. He only played a couple of parts of. I think two games was it, uh, Jonathan, overseas in the preseason. I think he only played a couple of games, and he didn't play full he, games. He was ill, apparently. They said they. We yeah. thought it was a knee injury. It was reported that he'd broken down again, but yeah. then he turned up, and and Pochettino said, "No, no, he's just had a cold." So yeah. whether that was them being economical with the truth, I don't know. But then he only played 45 minutes in the final game as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it may just be match fitness. I mean, it might just be that. And and I think there is obviously a natural reticent to sort of go hell for leather if you're scared. And you can understand why he's scared. I mean, that's two seasons in a row. He's had massive injuries. Um. I mean, the the only saving grace is the fact that we've now got somebody who can actually step in and and be a backup. He looks good, doesn't um, he? But it, it it is it's worrying. It's really worrying because he's a young man. Yeah, you know, he should be sort of at his peak. Gusto doesn't provide the same attacking threat that Reese does because Reese is. We don't know that. And. He's he's more of a fullback than a. You know, you know, he started started his career as an attacking as midfielder. midfielder, an attacking yeah. midfielder. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know yet, um, but Reese, Reese, I mean, that's crunching his tackle. I'll give you that. I was talking Still talking to, again. Poor old Matt's going to get quoted a lot tonight, but we had some good chats during the football yesterday, and uh, Reese, uh, kind of, this is a bit worrying, chap. So sorry about this, but. Reese is a very physical player. He's a he's a unit, as we used to say in the old days. Very strong, very muscular, quite heavy as a consequence. And do you know what? It reminds me of Essien, one of my favourite Chelsea players. But once he had one bad injury, he was played forever after and he never really quite hit the heights or had the career at Chelsea he really deserved. And he too was very physical and very muscular and very heavy. And I'm wondering if that's a problem for Reese. Not that he can do much about it. I mean, you know. But... Uh, I want. I wonder if it's that kind of that problem about having all that 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 bulk and muscle. You're going to kind of you are. It's it's a power to weight ratio, isn't it? And I think I think that's what happened with Essie, and that's why he picked up a lot of injuries. So I'm wondering if that might be end up being the same for Reese, which would be a tragedy because he's just such a good player. He's. I mean, he's world class. 
I mean, I, I suppose the only saving grace is the fact that we do have decent gaps between games. I mean, we're not now playing for a week. So that gives him another week to, to build up. And then it's a Friday. And then I think the Wimbledon game, he probably won't play anyway. Yeah. So let, let's let's revisit in a month, month and a half. And if he's still looking laboured, then we've got a problem. But otherwise, let's hope it's just him getting back into match fitness. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, this is right up your alley, uh, Clayton. And I know you had the right royal hump, uh, which I'd be very keen to, to hear. But... Uh, I got my selection wrong because, of course, I didn't realise that Kepa was going to be loaned out to Madrid the, the night before uh, we, our first match of the season. What, what's intrigued me about this is that apparently Courtois done his knee, done it, done it. I think he's done his cruciate on his knee, so he's out for the season. So they want Kepa. Kepa is going to Real Madrid and he's being loaned to them now. I I don't think Kepa's quite as bad as people have often made out. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure about him. I'm not sure about his temperament more than anything else. What I don't understand, well, I, I, you know, I can't understand why they've loaned him out. Apart from the fact that, presumably, it just gets a big wage off the, uh, off the books for a season. Um, but he'll, he'll come back with a year left on his contract. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to see the upside with this. You might have a, a, a more footballing reason, Clayton, to have the hump about it, but I'm, I just can't see the sense in the deal myself. The reason why I had the hump was because I couldn't understand the timing. I, so we don't know, but what you hear is that Kepa was in negotiations with Bayern, and there was a good chance that he was going to go to Bayern. And then obviously the Real Madrid thing came up. Now, I thought that if this was the case, then we needed to address the goalkeeping position earlier than we did. Now, we brought in Sanchez, Robert Sanchez, and I... Listen, or the only thing I know about Sanchez is when I saw him playing for Brighton, I thought he was he was decent. I didn't think he was anything fantastic. I thought he was a decent, competent goalkeeper, who then lost his place to a League One goalkeeper who'd never played Premiership football. Now, whether he'd actually fallen out with Deserby, I've got no idea. But it's not a good look that you lose your place to to somebody who's never played Premier League football before. So I just thought the whole timing issue and letting Kepa go on the eve of the season, putting a goalkeeper in who'd not played for us, who basically hadn't had any time at all with the defence, um, I just thought was was bonkers. It just didn't make any sense to me at all. Now, you know, if they'd been wanting to get Kepa off the books because of his wages... And a perfect opportunity. I'm not slagging the club off for doing that. I don't think Keppel was of that level. Was oh my god, you can't let him go. Because I don't think he was ever at that level. I mean, the ironic thing was last season he was probably our best player. You know, which is a, a sort of a very very low bar. But what I don't understand is when Sanchez came in. Sanchez basically came in. And he didn't come in to usurp Kepa. 
he came in to quotes give Kepa com you know competition. And I just thought, well, what are we doing with the goalkeeping position? I don't understand. We've brought in somebody because we've got Ben Roberts, who was the Brighton goalkeeping coach. You know, we've got Brighton people on our our sporting director board of whatever, which is why we keep going back to Brighton. And okay, so if you think a goalkeeper is very good and you think you can get him and you know him and he's going to come in and he's going to feel comfortable because his goalkeeping coach is there, then there is some merit in that. But what I don't understand is why if we are going and it might be that it happens next season, I didn't understand what we were doing. We were bringing in a like-for-like goalkeeper. Um, I mean... You can't tell on yesterday because he had virtually nothing to do. Um, he looked okay. Didn't look anything, you know. I, I, Made a dreadful I, error, which was which was unpunished. Oh god, that was. But then he sort of redeemed himself by the that catch right at the end. Which could have been a pressure corner. He made his own and then started that attack. That was nice to see. You haven't seen that for a while. Yeah. So so you know, I can't judge him. I don't know. I just don't I don't understand I mean David Raya why didn't we go for David Raya now somebody said to me he's not tall enough well he's you know he's a little bit taller than what Keppel was but he's an excellent goalkeeper Um, I don't know I mean be interesting to see who we get in as a number two Um, the one question I have which I don't know if anybody can answer, is how the effing hell did Bettinelli get injured when he hasn't actually been near a football pitch for about three years? That's 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 interesting. Um, but I don't know. I mean, let's talk about Kasper Schmeichel coming in, which I know Tony loves Kasper Schmeichel, so he'll be very, very happy about that if we can get him in as a number two, and that would be fantastic. I mean, I heard people saying, why don't we go for David De Gea? Well, I suspect probably because he wants to go back to Spain, but that wouldn't be a bad you know, just sit on the bench because, you know, you've got a, a world-class goalkeeper. Um, we let the American kid, whose name completes Lina, go out on loan. Um, I, I know that Jonathan watched the, the, the USA games. I would say the one and only time that I saw him, he looked really nervous with his feet. And you can't be like that in the Premier League. So... I think, I mean, I, I saw Slovenia play a couple of games for the youth team and I thought he looked like a really confident goalkeeper. But it might just have been nerves, but he didn't look very comfortable with his feet in that yeah, one game. I didn't, I didn't actually see that as a problem. Was it Bergstrom played as well? Yeah, yeah. He, so, looked, pretty, he looked pretty good. But is there a possibility, um, Clayton, that they got Sanchez in deliberately to, and primed him to become number one because um, the... Uh, one of the, the the goalkeeping coach said he was better than Kepper, and that's why they were keen to get rid of Kepper. And they've always been keen to get rid of Kepper. So the opportunity yeah, come. I, I don't have any doubt about that. I don't have any doubt. I mean, it's it's obviously the Brighton connection, the Brighton goalkeeping coach, who is now our goalkeeping coach, along with uh, several others. You know, we got about three goal. We had three goalkeeping coaches. I just I think that the situation is confused, but I suppose the point is we got Sanchez now and he's our number one and we just got to get on with it. I don't think that we can start looking for a different number one now. I think, yes, we need an experienced backup, but um, yeah, it, 
something to be addressed in the summer. Would you take Lloris? No. Why? Because he's Spurs player. That's the only reason. No, I'm joking. We've got a manager. Yeah, that's no, a good shout. He wants to stay in London. I'd, I'd take Lloris on the bench. Yeah. I know how much it would hack off the uh, Spurs fans, yeah. so that's obviously an added bonus. But that's a really good shout, actually. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I mean, it strikes me, JK, as, as somewhat peculiar, really. I mean, you know, we, we've we been saying for months and months and months there are priorities in terms of who we buy or, or what positions we have to buy in. One is, a you know, if talking world-class players, if, you go, if we go with your theory, JK, that this is what they're doing, a world-class goalkeeper, world-class centre-back, world-class de- defensive midfielder, Arguably uh, a world-class attacking midfielder, somebody who can play genuinely in a number 10 role, and a world-class striker. Yeah. Where are they? Where are they? I mean, I I think possibly possibly Enzo could be be getting into the category of world-class, possibly more attacking midfielder than, than, uh, than defensive midfielder. We've certainly got a defensive midfielder with a world-class price tag, but whether he actually ends up being a world-class player is moot. Um, I don't know about the defence. That's interesting, isn't it? It's, you know, Colwell, I think, could end up being a good player, but he's young, you know, Uh, so the jury has to be out on him. Silver is world-class, but he can't last forever. I do like Dizazi. He looks like a proper footballer, mate. He looks like a proper footballer. And he's a French international, so he's obviously no idiot. He so had a very, very good debut. He really did, good. didn't he? But he looks, he looks, I mean, you just know, don't you? We've been watching football a long time, and you just know how, how the way a footballer carries themselves. And he just he just looked like he belonged, you know. But he, he is 25 and a French international, yeah. so he's entitled to look. But you're quite right, he just he looks like a footballer. Yeah, he looked a proper player to me. I like the look of him. So maybe, maybe there's something in that. Um, jury's out on Jackson. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's potential there clearly. So you know, I think it 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 it, it, it intrigues me that the buys that we have made have not necessarily fulfilled that element of the brief, which is if you know you really want, you know, you want a good strong spine. You want your best players in those key positions, and I don't think we have yet. Will they just keep churning? Will they keep tinkering? Will they, or will they come a time when they'll go? No, this is it. We're happy now. Will they? I'm, I'm confident they're thinking along those the same lines, Chich, as we are. I'm confident. I think they know that they need a goalkeeper. They know that they need another striker. They know that they need a um, uh, another midfielder. They may have achieved it by buying Casado. That may be. That's that aspect of it achieved so in which case they've only got two to get haven't they i mean it, it's interesting isn't it i mean because i see that i think the difficulty that i mean you know you you invoked the uh peter kenyon era bit of chelsea earlier which i think was a very good analogy but the difference is in those days we would go out and buy already proven world-class players yeah and what yeah. this bunch are doing uh, they're buying the world-class players of tomorrow and of course that's a gamble there because you know you're dealing with the unknown what is interesting is that you could say, I mean, I don't know if any of us would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, in Enzo Fernandez, they've signed a world-class player. 
when we got him in January. I think it was, yeah, he's a good player. He helped Argentina win the World Cup. He looked pretty good in the World Cup, but we've all seen how that can go pear-shaped. And again, he's got a world-class price tag. And he then played an, an incredibly difficult uh, season where, where you know, he looked a bit swamped by the uh, miasma of what was going on. But he looked a good player even then and often often one of our best players. If he if he keeps up that performance level that he had against Liverpool and he's doing it further forward, I, I you could say, okay, maybe they do know what they're doing. They've identified potentially world-class talent and they will have a lot of world-class players in about three three years' time. So it's as always with this lot, it's very tempting to stick the boot in and pick holes. But you, ha- I do fear, not fear, I feel that we're going to have to bide our time and postpone our judgment because I think maybe they know a little bit more than we do about buying players. <gasps> Controversial. Or it all comes together and it gels and we're having a different conversation within a month when they're second in the league. Sorry, you were going to say, Clayton. No, no, no. I, I, I was just going to say that I think that, you know, you look at somebody like Gusto, you look at somebody like Jackson, you know, they're doing what they did at Brighton and at other clubs. They're identifying talent because if we were a Brighton and you had seen a, a, a season of, of Nicholas Jackson, who, uh, what was he, th- circa 30? If Jackson progresses in the way that he looks like he possibly could, you know, this guy's going to be worth 75, 80, 90 at the end of the season. So it looks like, and, you know, the signs are good that we are picking up talented players. Now, you're 100% correct. It, it hasn't made any sense that we have three central positions, important positions that we had to fulfil, goalkeeper, defensive midfield and attacker. And arguably we haven't, you know, until today, we haven't got any of them. So we have now got the defensive midfielder, um, but we haven't got the out-and-out striker. But you have to ask who is there out there that yeah. you could buy. Um, and then apparently Harry at, Kane was for sale. Who knew? And then you look at the goalkeeper. You know, again, goalkeeper that we've just discussed. So I'm not going to go that again. But it is interesting that they are picking up these fringe players. Now, I mean, the the guy, or well, let's call him Leslie because I can't pronounce his surname. You know, we picked him up. That we maybe are doing what we need to be doing we're picking up players at other other you know that you haven't necessarily heard of and like jackson i hadn't heard of jackson i hadn't heard of gusto uh who else was there that we've got you know we, we are picking up players i mean this center half that we picked up you know decisi anybody heard of him no no so, i mean I Sorry, go on, mate. I was just as Mark was saying. Not, I think Mark was saying the other night, but it it was it was a very interesting point about comparing it to the eighty three eighty four season. You know, where we turned up to the first match and we had five players starting that had uh, not um, that not none of us really knew who they were, and look what happened with them: Kerry, Pat, Spackers, Joe McLaughlin. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, look, we've got we've got this Kaike, this this Kaikado thing has been absolutely making me laugh my cock off all weekend. 
Uh, we've got him, finally. We've had to spunk 115 million quid on him. But the best and most delightful thing of all is that Liverpool have absolutely shat the bed. And they are, as I said in the intro, red mist. Apparently, they're reporting us to... Uh, no, let's put it right. Apparently, they're grassing us up to the Premier League because they think that we've overspent. Now, I was listening to Talk Sport this morning and Simon Jordan, bless his heart, uh, absolutely nailed this today on Talk Sport because he's worked out what we've spent uh, and what we've sold, the length of deals that we've had, and basically it's amortisation and depreciation. He actually worked out that we're up 65 million quid. So there's not a chance that in hell that we've infringed or, you know, broken the uh, FFP regulations. But one one thing he did say that was interesting, and I think this is something to watch. A lot of this will be predicated on uh, on future profitability. Yes. So if they don't get into the Champions League or increase their commercial revenue, then maybe a year or two down the line, we might have a problem. So there's a well, bit of a gamble there, but actually, right here and now, we're well we're well within FFP. It's interesting that they're not selling any shirts in the club shop, and they're obviously not doing that because there's no sponsor yet. So they're they're hanging out. Oh, Clayton's about to say something. And a friend of mine went into the shop yesterday, and apparently, they are not allowed to sell shirts without the sponsor's name on it. Well, that would make the same. That would make sense because um, it's also the the revenue is associated with the sponsor being on the shirt, isn't it? Because then that's that because they they get the advertising themselves by having the shirt sold with their name on them. Because then it goes out into the into the community. Somebody just buys a shirt and they've got the advertising on it, which is part of it. But at the same time, it, it's 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 part of the whole structure of the club is they want to get somebody with on a huge several years length uh, contract for the um for the advertising and they want to get a huge amount of money for it so to me it, that seems to me to be part of the whole necessity of them doing well and qualifying for the champions league then it all fits in accordingly but it is a gamble to an extent chidge is what we're saying isn't it if they don't get into the champions league or they don't do well then these purchases will be held against them but i think they're they're on a pretty pretty good well you know look opportunity here if they're going to be they're buying all these players and doing well because they will they'll get into europe i mean i've just heard mark of course who who knows a fair bit as we know um says that the shirts are going on sale on wednesday without a sponsor so that's okay. interesting my, my my mate was given false information yeah. I'd believe, I'd believe Mark in that respect, because he'll know. But um, the other interesting thing, of course, is that, uh, um, you know, whilst we might question their knowledge of football per se and a few other cultural things, I mean, I can't for the life of me think that these people, these what these people know most about are investments and money. I cannot believe that they haven't looked through the FFP regulations with a fine-tooth comb yes, and got their head around it. This is what these guys do. They're, I mean, you know, they're incredibly clever people, particularly when it comes to money. So I can't believe they would have, like, stupidly fallen foul of it. You could make that accusation at the, at the last ownership, but not of this one. You know, I reckon they'll, they'll have this well sewn up. I have, I, I Honestly, 
I have no worries whatsoever about this lot infringing FFP and leaving themselves open to some spurious claim by envious Liverpool owners. One iota, unless it screws up, you know, the gamble doesn't pay off in terms of on-pitch driven profitability. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if some, some injunction does come out and they're then forced to quash it, because that just seems to be the kind of thing that UEFA get up to. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they they, they fessed up to some infringements that Roman made recently, which was all, you know, the Daily Mail, of course, was getting their knickers in a twist about us having a points deduction. I just thought that that was very interesting psychologically, um, that they were fessing up to misdemeanours of the previous regime, saying that we, we have discovered this, this is not our fault and not our problem, but obviously we'll... Will take the rap for it, but I, I think psychologically that was cl- very clever. It says to me that they're being very transparent and not hiding anything. So, yeah, yeah, we shall see. Um, anyway, dear old Kaikado is blue. Let's hope uh, he let's hope he does the business. I pre- I presume he'll be starting against West Ham. I would hope so. Um, Clayton, have we got Lavia yet? Is I I, I was reading today that 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 looks distinctly possible. Apparently. Uh, the Joe Shields connection seems to have paid off, and he'd rather come to us than the Scousers. Well, that, that I have to say, um, when I put Sky Sports News on earlier in the evening, and the ticker came and said that he's decided that he wants to come to us instead of Liverpool, I, I laughed out loud because I thought it was absolutely hysterical. I, I, I mean, I'm not being naive. I mean, he wants to come to us because we're obviously paying him more. You know that that. that would seem the obvious thing. You know, we're not in Europe. Um, more competition for places. So, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, we haven't signed him. But, I mean, it looks like that's going to happen. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Yes, indeed it is. Um, what, I mean, you know, he... Liverpool. Good play. Yeah. Good it... play. Bit rough around the edges, young. But the point is that, you know, for however many years we haven't had a fit, Ngole, we now are going to basically be horrible to play against. Yeah, no, he is a good player. Young, raw, but another one with potential. And apparently we have a good relationship with Southampton. I, I think this, I don't know if it has gone through or not because we've been doing the show, so we might have missed all the excitement, but I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure, I have a feeling that we'll get him. And I think that'll be excellent because it'll really piss the Scousers off even more, which is a delightful position to be in at all times. Is it not? Um, right, we're going to wrap this part up, but uh, before we do, we should really just kind of comment on, uh, you know, the match as a whole. Um, actually, before we do that, I just want to say, what about the Bobby Tambling banner being ripped down? Did you? Did I mean you would have had a good view of that, Clayton? Did you see that? No. J.K., did you see that? Yep. So tell tell me more, because I didn't realise this at all. Too too focused on the game. Well, they it, it's over the Liverpool side, so they deliberately pulled it off absolute fuck fuckers aren't they i mean i was only aware of it when brian tweeted out uh his uh tweet today saying that uh, they'd done that no it was dangling down it's because that part half of it is in the on the on the edge of the away support yeah so they saw it and they you know but they're all it's neanderthal behavior isn't it so anything to piss you know piss chelsea off they were singing uh you ain't got no history as well so it's all done to antagonize isn't it 
I suppose you get a couple of in your Liverpool slums and... Uh, oh, I joined yeah. in throatily with that one. Yeah, and, um, you know, sign on, sign on. And they feel that they can do anything, so... Yeah, it's... Uh, well, didn't get a rent, boys. Didn't get a rent, boys. Are you I sure? Surprised. I didn't hear a rent, boys. Well, you can get prosecuted for that now. I know, so that's why I suspect that they're beginning to yeah. appreciate you don't say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? Um, uh, crazy. I was very upset about the Bobby... Uh, the Bobby Banner, uh, for many, many reasons, obviously. Right, yeah, wrapping this part up. I mean, look, boys, I thought, you know, um, I mean, we were talking about it on Friday, weren't we, JK? And and, and I said, then, funnily enough, I said the performance is probably more important than, than the result. And, and actually, it wasn't a bad result. I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? Drawing with, I mean, I called it. I got my, my spot on, right? Uh, but drawing again... 2-2, 2-2 two, 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 yeah, two I got. I said 1-1, one, one, so I got it bang on. But... Another draw against Liverpool. Seven draws in a row against them. Um, but uh, just think, if those two goals hadn't been disallowed, you'd have got a spot on, mate. Hey. How about I got that? 3-0. Got 3-0 on Friday. Did you? Well done. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought it wasn't a bad result at all. It was a really good performance, actually. It was very encouraging. And therefore, I would qualify that as a good start overall, Clayton. I'm quite happy. I left feeling positive and happy and enthused about what might come this season. Yeah, no, I, it was uh, it was a really positive performance. It was a positive experience. I think that the, for most people, all we were saying last year was however bad it was, you just want to see people fighting for the shirt. You just want to see people giving their all and that's what I saw yesterday um and I thought it was uh it was it was really good playing against a team who as I said earlier most of their players played for them last season they were a lot more cohesive and it was I what I thought was really encouraging that after a shaky start we got ourselves together and we looked we looked really good and I think at the end of the day we deserved to win yeah, we were the better side second half, JK, weren't we? Yeah, particularly the 20 minutes at the beginning of the second half, we came out with an absolute spring in our step and there were some great moves. I, I love the the atmosphere. It's that wonderful moment where we put a move together and don't score and everybody is full-throated in their their joy and, and desire to 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 get them to to go to make further progress you know to get them to to influence them and there was the, we had that on several occasions where there was a kind of unanimous um welling of emotion from everybody which we didn't get at all last year once again possibly in the champions league but even then there's slight reservations because it just wasn't the same players i mean you know I, i'm intrigued to see that havertz is is nancing about just as much as he did for us <laughs> for Arsenal and um, uh, and as a mate of mine said what exactly does Havertz do as an Arsenal fan explain to me he nancies you... about I think you just nancies nailed about. it yeah. 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 I, I thought it was absolutely hysterical was the fact that I thought he I thought and still think he'll probably thrive there but I thought he'd basically play much deeper yeah he was the furthest guy forward and did absolutely nothing yeah I mean, how stupid is that? I mean, actually, it also could be bad circumstances because uh, Jesus is 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 out, so they don't have a number nine. So maybe they're sacrificing him in the same way that we did by playing him as a number nine all the time, and she patently is not, has said so himself, and he isn't. But it's really funny to see, actually. I, I 
you know, I don't, I don't wish well of most players that leave our club. So, and particularly when they go to Arsenal, so it's lovely to see. Now, Jake, it's great to see this here, this this in unison appreciation of what we were doing on the pitch it was absolutely fantastic and emotions you know, are stirring. You know, really interesting you say that, Jonathan, because there's there was one moment a couple of seasons ago where we lost 2-1 at home to Liverpool. It was in Frank's possibly his first season. Was that when Conte scored? Yes. And I think Jorginho missed a penalty, didn't he? But that reaction after that game, and I think I might have been on the fan cast, it was an amazing reaction to losing. Everybody stayed behind afterwards. There was a really great feeling because you could see what was happening, yeah. what, people, what, we, what we were trying to build. And even though we lost, there was a lot of love for that team. And maybe, you know, that that's we're starting to get that back. Maybe, who knows? Who knows? There's a lot of young kids out there. Um, and it's like we're starting afresh. Because apart from Tiago... You know, they're, they're on those stalwarts. I mean, I'm not going to slag Sterling off again. But, you know, if you're no, looking no. At, that, at that team, it's a, it's a, it really is a new team. Well, that's why, really, I would like both him and, and, and Chukameka, uh, not Chukameka, I'm so sorry, Cucurella to be, uh, to be no longer part of it. Did you see this rumour that he's been... They're thinking of loaning him to Newcastle, which appeared appeared on Twitter. It. Whether that was made up, I don't know. But I, well, it, it possibly it. was, but it was possibly made up by somebody at the club to to sort of start the ball rolling. To you know, like to yes, yes. If any any other clubs are quite interested in taking him, yes, indeed, indeed. I don't know. I mean, I just think uh, you know, I was quite. Uh, I don't know what the word is really. Setting quite a low bar, I think, JK, in, in terms of expectations, wasn't it, over the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, but having seen the, the pre-season, I, I, was, I was quite up for you. Remember, I was quite yeah, up for but, it. I mean, you'd, I, think, I, think, I think pre-season, it's difficult to really, you know, judge what's going I mean, you know, I've seen us have shockers well, and win the title and I've seen us be brilliant and play shit, I agree. you know. But it's just from an energy level. It was an energy level. Yeah, you could see what Pochettino was trying. I mean, I said I this do. to you after the Fulham game, didn't I? The only one I really watched. I said, mate, they're, they're, they're transitioning that ball forward so much quicker than last season. That is a good sign. But uh, having seen us play yesterday, I, I'm, you know... I'm I'm feeling a lot more positive about where we might end up, and of course, you see, we, the other thing we've got to factor in is we've got no European football this year. I mean, that is an absolute godsend, particularly when you consider that this is effectively a new team, and and he's got to make them gel together. And he's obviously a very good coach, uh, so he's going to get a tune out of them, and he, you know, having that extra training time is going to help as well. So. Hey, you know, maybe maybe a revision upwards. Maybe top four is not beyond them this season, JK. Well, I said they'd finish third. You did. You did. I said sixth, didn't I, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah we didn't we didn't get to ask Clayton what he thought, actually, did we? Where, where do you think we're gonna end up, mate? Uh sixth or seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Not changed by what you saw yesterday. Mm, no. 
I, th- I, th- I think there are a lot of really good teams that we need to climb above. I mean, I know that sort of, I mean, you've got Man City, Man United, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Arsenal. You know, there's there's a lot of teams that we need to get above. Mm, interesting. Right, what is more interesting, this is the breaking news of the weekend, not Lavia possibly coming to Chelsea, not Kaikado definitely coming to Chelsea, but Jonathan Kidd being 27th in the Prem Predictions League. That's 27th out of 115 with a whopping, I've lost him now, 158 points. You're level with Marco, JK. What what happened, Chidge? Well, I don't know. You tell me. You you got lots of points, mate. Yeah. I don't know. I sort of you know paid attention to how they played a little bit. So I got the Newcastle game wrong. I thought Newcastle would lose to Villa. So uh, yeah, you I see, you couldn't help yourself, could you? No. You went two nil to Villa, and they got walloped five one. And you yeah. said that Brentford would beat Spurs four nil. So that lost yeah. you thirty points. Yeah. You could have been near the top if you'd have been more cautious with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah, that would be the results, though. You see, so good start, mate. Well done. Um, just Thank to you. give you an idea of who's leading us, uh, Shane Simmons is on top with 234 points so far. Remember the United Wolves games going on at the moment, and uh, Gary Blue Uzi Hughes is in second with 231. Charles Rose is in third. Good dear old Charles, uh, formerly uh, chair of the Chelsea Pitch Owners, of course, and writer for CFC UK. Uh, he's made a request to come on the show, Chief. He's welcome anytime. He knows that. I've already talked to him. Uh, he has got five spot-ons. Nobody has got more than that. That's remarkable. Who else is uh, around at the top that we know? Loz Barnes is near the top. Claire McConnell, McConnell is in the top ten. Claire always does quite well. Uh, so there we go. Uh, I myself, uh, um, I'm on page one. I suppose that's to be applauded for me. I'm 35th. Uh, Tony is 45th. Just whizzing up and down. Marco is 27th with JK. Martin Wickham, he's already in 20th position. Bloody hell. Martin's the one to watch. He's my he's my favourite for it this year. Now, um, you have probably have no idea what on earth we're prattling on about. Well, I shall tell you what we're prattling on about. We're prattling on about uh, this fantastic Prem Predictions game which we all play. We've got our own league called Chelsea Fancast and you can that you can follow them on Twitter at Prem Predictions but actually if you want to join us and basically what we do is we, we predict each uh, Premier League match, the result of that match and then you choose a bonus team as to who scores, which team will score first. Uh, it's a brilliant scoring system and you can get negative points as dear old Brian Justman has managed so to do which is why he is uh, at the bottom of the table. But... Uh, there are loads of prizes, weekly, monthly, cash, booze, all sorts of other things as well. Uh, you can go to prempredictions.scorgeous, S-C-O-R-E-G-E-O-U-S dot co dot U-K forward slash sign dot P-H-P uh, and uh, or just basically select Chelsea Fancast as your league and then you'll be in our league. You you have to pay Kiro 20 quid, uh, which is you know, he basically charges us to administer the whole game. There's about 1,500 people who play this. It's by invite only. There are lots of ex-players that are in it too. Pat Nevin's in our league. So is Canners. So is Kerry. There may be a few more if Mark asks them nicely. Uh, but honestly, it's great fun. Very addictive. And we have a lot of fun talking about it. 
during the season. So there we go. Right, we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to come back and we've got like a, a mini-esque in off the post for you. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We are back. The first uh, kind of proper Monday night show of the season. It's great to be back. And uh, back on with dear old JK. Oh, Chidge, lovely to be on the show with you. Lovely to see you, mate. Lovely to see you, mate. And, uh, of course, the equally lovely Clayton Beerman. Good evening. Good evening. Right, um, we've got a, a little bit of a, an impromptu in off the post. Uh, sometimes we do this as a, a standalone show. Uh, but uh, we've only got five. We've got six, actually. It's kind of crept in under the wire. But there's a reason why it did, and I'll tell you in a minute. But anyway... The first email of the season is from Michael LeBeuf Murray, JK, who, by the way, Michael's just joined us on Patreon. So thanks, Michael. Um, and I know you're in Discord already because I sent you the link. So lovely to have you on board. Good stuff. Um, uh, dearest Stanford, dearest. Isn't it lovely when somebody puts dearest? Oh, Michael, mate, Mr. LeBeuf. Dearest Stanford Jidge, Duke, 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 Duke of Kid, and guest, who, of course, is the... Excellent, Clayton Beerman. Depending when this is read out. Well, it's the Monday and it's the 14th of August. Hope everyone is well. Looking forward to the new season starting. I know I was happy when you boys came back on air. Made me realise just how boring them six weeks was. The cricket was good, but not quite fan cast and football. I know what you mean. About the cricket quickly. What's your take on Broad retiring? Shame. And is Anderson past it? Didn't do well, did he? And lastly, how much of a Gareth do you rate carry for the run out of Bearstow? Well, what he did was completely legitimate and I've done it myself on several occasions, so I can't criticise. Anyway, Pat Cummins, the... on the other hand. Pat Cummins, what his what was his? What I think he he's of Gareth because he could have he could have like said he could no, have no, called no, him mate. back. Yeah. But at the same time, it was out. But it was he was being a bit a bit of an idiot, Bearstow, because he should just have looked and waited and then moved away. Um, he felt that symbolically drawing a line with his foot was saying, um, uh, I'm um, I'm still in, but now I'm out. But that was just something we always used to do. Uh, I always used to do as a keeper. You'd get the ball and immediately bung it in to see if you get somebody out. Anyway, back to the football, which is funny enough what's written here. Wow. Um, I was that bored. I listened to the 50 Years show. Yes, yes. I get what you mean. Oh, twice through from beating Leeds in the FA Cup in the first show to winning the league for the second time on the last show. I was wondering when the next instalment would be. As I work 10-hour night shifts, I need these shows to fill the time of being at work. There was a show you did on one of the seasons in the 90s where JK told a story involving the name of Tony Cascarino where I think he said he was either living in Tooting or at a squash club. There was an Irish couple that sung Hooper's exactly right. I was I was living in, in um, just off Tooting Broadway and across the road when Ireland beat England, they all sang Hooper the goal ball in the English net, Tony Cascarino, until about four o'clock in the morning. Absolutely pissed out of their heads. It wasn't just them. So clearly a 
mass of them and the Irish couple. Um, anyway, so now every time someone mentions his name to me about Chelsea's past, I just think of that and laugh out loud. Yes, it was, it was very funny because also it was so ridiculously Irish, you know. Did they take that Tolomé Tony Catarino? Who put the ball in the English net? Just belted out nonstop. Um, and apparently Chelsea, uh, Tony Cascarino only played well for Ireland and it was annoying when he'd come back to Chelsea and say, I can't actually play, boss, I'm injured. And he'd go, well, you know, great, you scored a great goal. Why are you injured? Well, put so much effort into the game because he was never doing that and played for Chelsea. Anyway, also I want to chuck in a few predictions, one or two hopes for the season. I'll put them in bullet point form. My predictions are, number one, Chelsea to win the league. I've just got this feeling we were going to do something this evening, if not at least, if not at least one of the cups. Yeah, I like that. Number two, Jackson to score between 15 to 20 goals. I think that's a great possibility. Number three, Conor Gallagher to be player of the season. Hmm. If he's still there. Number four, Kepper to prove fans and critics wrong. Well, that one's bitten the dust, uh -huh. doesn't it? Uh, number five, Colwell to have a breakout season, show what it means to wear the number 26 shirt. Mm. My hopes are Anthony Taylor doesn't make it to the first game of the season. Uh -uh. Uh -huh. Gillette and the Poodle to suffer injuries to take them out for the season. I know that sounds harsh, but they are as good as Jakanovic and Sutton. Very good comparison indeed, Michael. Very good. Mm. Um, or even better, give Gillette and the Poodle away for free. Poodle has now been called Cucumber a lot on Twitter, which um, I suppose makes kind of sense. Uh, a Poodle away for free. I couldn't give a fuck about Wouldn't making... he be Cucumber? He, he ought to be, oughtn't he? Yeah. Cucumber. Yeah, yeah, cucumber. yeah. Could not give a fuck about making profit. Just get rid of the deadweight asses. Well... I think a loan would be perfect. I think um, well, rumored to be going to Newcastle. Indeed, but who is it? Is the problem? It's it's Sterling. I mm. just think what you do is you don't play him, or he, he comes on as a sub, or he doesn't come on at all. They can't keep playing him if they've got a, uh, somebody who makes things happen on the right, which would be Madueke. Anyway, um, promote the youth instead of playing Gillette or the Poodle. Yeah, yeah. Well, it won't be promoting the youth. It'll be promoting those other players who they've bought. Um, as you can tell, I really love the Poodle and Gillette, yeah. Like, like the, the, they are tainted. This is the problem. They are tainted with last season. Enzo managed to get away with it. So did Silva. And um, Reese and uh, Chilwa were both too injured to really figure. But everybody else is, you know, is bad. Um, I'd also like to add that I became a Chelsea uh, patron this season, patron this season, and feel like part of the fancast family on the Discord group. Yeah, thanks very much. Terrific. Glad you're enjoying it, Michael. Yeah, fantastic. I've also joined the Prem Predictions League for the first time. Like I said to my dad the other day, I don't care if I finish second from last, as long as that person is last is Chris Sutton. <laughs> love it. Brilliant. I was trying to get to... Um, one of the first four home games of the season, they're all sold out. So I'm thinking maybe weekday games could be the way forward to get a ticket. Wanted to know, do you do midweek games, meeting the cock as much as weekend games? If if available, everybody that people do. I, th I wonder whether the AFC Wimbledon game will be an easy one to get. Um, well, I mean, yeah, a couple of points on that. Michael, I can't do midweek games now because uh, I, I work uh, until eight every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So... Uh, that's problematic for me, you know. And also because I live in Winchester, I have to leave at about four, so that makes it tough. Um, but the bo most of the boys do, and uh, most of the boys will meet in the cock as per usual. So uh, Dan will certainly be there usually. So just w usually we're in uh, one of the tables in the garden at the back. Um, you may find it a bit easier to get ticket. I know it's tough. You said the first four games, yeah. 
maybe. I mean, JK's got a point. The Wimbledon game might be a good idea. Mate, if if you're not a member, I know. I, I mean, we've been discussing this on, at the trust actually. That it's, it's. I mean, the ticketing survey mentioned what a waste of space being a member and paying for the privilege is because it doesn't get you tickets. But what it will do is it will get you access to the ticket exchange, and uh, it being that this is holiday season, you may find some uh, tickets on the ticket exchange floating around. But as I'm as far as I'm aware, you need to be a member to access that. So. It might be worth you trying that. All right, mate, that's the best I can suggest. JK. I just finish this off. Yeah, thanks for everything you guys do. Hope for many more years of fan cast. Mm. Oh, what do you reckon to that, Chich? How, how, many, how, how many years have we got? We're a bit like becoming like Tiago, the Tiago Silver of the podcast world, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. How many, how, how many years? I mean, I would say that we're still world class, but really, how many years have we got at this level, JK? I'm, I'm thinking you're getting injured in December. Yeah. Yeah. You're and not being able to make it past that and being put out on loan to yeah. someone. Do you think you, ha- you might have an awareness somewhere? Yeah, yes. <laughs> awareness of McCock be no, too much. D- not, not self-awareness, obviously. <laughs> Never ever. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> Love you, mate. All right. <laughs> All the best. Michael LeBerth Murray up the Chels. Well done, mate. Terrific. Brilliant, Michael. Great to hear from you. Right. Uh, it would not be an in off the post without George Spencer emailing us. Dear George. Uh, right. Dear Chidgy, JK and guest, if applicable, it is. Uh, I don't think his name is if applicable, though, George. It is, in fact, Clayton Beerman. Uh, what a difference a season makes. There's no way that we've gotten anything from that last season. The moment Diaz scored, our heads would have dropped and that would have been that. And for the first half an hour, it looked like history would repeat. But then it was as though a switch had been flipped. A fantastic goal by Dizazi. A penalty that should have been given for a foul on Chilwell. And the fact that we gave as good as we got throughout the match, especially with Enzo Jackson and later Mudrick creating problems for their defence. Here's to Moises Kaikado, hopefully joining us in short order. He has, George. And what do you make of the new rumours? Would you take Hazard on loan to cover for Nkunku? No. And what about Kasper Schmeichel? Probably not. No such luck for Winchester City after having their game against Walton and Hersham abandoned for 46 minutes while 2-0 up when the weather took exception last Saturday. They shat the bed against Scholing, who, as their fans like to remain everyone, are from Scholing, and ended up losing 3-1. Incidentally, the match should have been away but had to be switched. So that's one away match switched this month, one in midweek at Dorchester of all places, and one Hazen Yedding taken away by Anthony Taylor lookalike Mick Lynch, who seems determined to have the same effect on people's weekends as the Antiques Roadshow theme. Now, speaking of Winchester City, we've submitted a planning application to upgrade our ground. The link can be found on the club's Twitter page, and the reference is 23-01704-FUL. Please leave a supporting comment if you can. Until next time, up the Chels, George Spencer. Now, I retweeted George's tweet, uh which has that application in it. So if you just look at my at Stanford Chidge timeline, you should find it. But I'll, I'll retweet it again tonight, George, so people get a chance to uh, to support that because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's well worth supporting. There we go. JK. You're on mute. Mute. <laughs> I was eating my daughter's food that she didn't want to eat. So I thought, well, well, I'll have it. Um, uh, Daniel Cabral, my brother-in-law announced to us that his wife is expecting. My mother-in-law came over to me, said I look like I'm beaming with excitement. 
Truth of the matter, I was with the birth of this new Telsey team. <laughs> um, I do believe a one-one draw was fair, but this team has hunger and desire and a manager who knows how to manage. A part of me thought before the match, top six seemed unrealistic, but I honestly do believe top four is possible. Cheers, Daniel. I like it. Positive, not excellent. It was. It was try and repossess my mic. Uh, yes, it was. Lovely to hear from you, Daniel. Always lovely to hear from you. Uh, got a good old email from Jalal Karadia now. Hello again, everyone, to another season of possibilities. Anything from happiness to depression is possible with this mad football club. Oh, it is indeed, Jalal. I'm writing this after the Liverpool game. Christ, lads, that was fucking great, wasn't it? We absolutely bossed that game. Should have won it, too. But forget about the result for a moment. The performance was so, so good. It was coherent. We were not constantly questioning what the fuck is going on. It was performance with chemistry, planning and cohesion. So many great performances from the likes of Colwell, Dizazi, Sterling, I can't fucking believe I just said that, Jackson and even Chucky Wucky in the second half. But the absolute standouts have to be Chile, Silver, Reese, Connor and my man of the match, Enzo fucking Fernandez. I did that his official name now, JK? Yes, okay. yes it is. All right. Uh, wow, what a performance from him. It was incredible. Genuinely, I found myself looking to my dad and laughing at some of the stuff he was pulling out. He was absolutely bossing the game today. I haven't seen a midfield performance like that outside of N'Golo in a long, long time. Beautiful passing, beautiful decision-making. The flicks and tricks and ball drags, simply stunning. Now, that is a player who may be worth the price tag. Stunning performance. Uh, Clayton, we, I mean, actually, Jalal's done a much better job than we did talking about Enzo in part one, um, would you agree? Yeah, he was brilliant yesterday. Absolutely was. brilliant. His distribution was uh, was excellent. There was a couple of times where he, I don't know how he got. He sort of curled his foot around the ball. Um, yeah, no, I thought he was brilliant. You know, we we complain about the fact that we haven't had a world class player for a long time, um, and now we have. I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, good to put a line under that. Guys, Connor was great too, like really, really good. So that brings to, to the question, or that brings to question what the fuck we do with him now that it looks like we're buying Kaikado, which we have, uh, 150 million, Lord help me, and maybe Lavia too, which I think we will. I think one of them is enough, especially if Connor is going to perform like that. Selling a Connor of that level of performance would be a mistake in my opinion. I understand finances and all, but just don't buy Lavia We've already got an overbloated squad. Don't keep adding in hopes that you'll sell someone off at the end of the window. Um, well, I think I said earlier, Jalal, that I, I think that Connor's best suited to playing further up the pitch than the number six. So I think you can accommodate that. And I think he would make an excellent, if he doesn't get into the first 11, He would. he's a really useful guy to have in the squad. So, you know, don't sell him. Uh, same thing with signing Elise. Uh, I think I think he's a wonderful, wonderful player and would have been amazing for us if we didn't already have Madueki, who I think has potential to be quite good. I hope we have a good long look at the performance and the performances of some of the fringe players today and have a rethink about the 75 additional signings we're planning this window. Let's just get Kaikado in and look to sell off Cho, uh, Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech and the fat fucking hippo. We all know who that is. Uh, that's my two cents on the transfer market. Poch looks like a man who gives good hugs. I'd like to get a hug from him. But aside from that, the guy looks like he can put together a proper team. And it seems like we've got players who actually want to play for Chelsea 
I just can't get over that performance, guys. It was like watching an entirely different team from last season. We had hunger, fight, desire, brains, forward intent. Such a good performance. So excited for this season. By the way, this will be my ninth season listening to you guys. Really appreciate the work you all do. And I think you've all gotten better and better at it over time. Can't wait to share another roller coaster season with you all. Best wishes, everyone, and take care. Jalal Karadia from Texas. What a lovely email, JK. Yeah, sweet. Really excellent. Yeah. I think in saying everything that we, we've said, we agree with completely. All those terrific performances. Yeah. Is it me? Yes, it is. Tom Komaski. Uh, hi, Chidge, stroke gang. Does that mean I'm part of the gang? Chidge, it must be. Yeah. Clayton, gang. Um, was quite surprised at the tone you all spoke of, spoke, spoke, your spoke about world. If I carried on speaking like that, it would be unintelligible, wouldn't it? Your spoke about world on the pivotal board. Our puzzle discussed at home. Anyway, so start again. <laughs> I chid stroke gang was quite surprised at the tone you all spoke about Mount in on the preview pod. I was personally disgusted at him jumping ship to United exclamation mark, despite having a more than decent offer on the table, both from the previous ownership and the current one. This is a guy you made out like he was Chelsea through and through, but then jumped ship at the first opportunity. In my opinion, he's a snake. He's a courtois, is that what you mean? And that's one that's shared by all of my match-going mates. I'm not saying you lads should have been outraged, but was just genuinely surprised at the leniency you showed him on the pod. This is one of our own who won the Champions League with us, and he fucks off to United. I was disgusted, and he won't be getting a warm reception from me when he comes back to the bridge. We'll welcome a bit more of an in-depth discussion on it on the next pod. Great to have you fellas and the football back. Cheers, Tom. Um... Uh, we weren't pleased with him going, were we, Chidge? But we uh, we understood. We understood it was a desperately dreadful season. He feels he's been fucked over from a contract point of view, and they weren't going to well, give him as much money. I, I, I'm, I don't. I shouldn't presume because uh, it's the what is it? What is presumption is the the the, the mother of all fuck ups, isn't it? Um, but I think that Tom's probably a little bit younger than us. Not that that's an issue or a problem, Tom. But what 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 I'm trying to say by that is that because we're old gits and we've we've been let down and cheated on uh, by many a Chelsea football player over the long time we've been sporting the club, um, I think we're just a bit more accepting of it, really. You know, I don't, I don't believe that any player who puts the shirt on for Chelsea is one of our own. I don't think any of them has half the loyalty that we show to the club or ever will. You know, at the end of the day, they're professionals getting paid a lot of money to do a job. And if somebody asks you or says... We're going to give you all these benefits and pay you a lot more money and make you the star of our team. You're going to go, yeah, thanks, mate. I'll see you there. You know, loyalty goes out the window. The only people who are loyal to the club, Tom, are you. People like you and your mates. You go to the matches and me and Clayton and JK who support the club. And, you know, anybody supports the club, really. But you know exactly what I mean. So I think we're just a bit more accepting of it and resigned to it. So, I mean, you you sound a bit butthurt and I get that. I mean, I, I, I cried when Pat Nevin left. And I hated him for about 10 seconds because you can't hate Pat. <laughs> it's just impossible to hate Pat. I cried when Ray Wilkins left, you know, and I get very upset when all the players leave. I was upset when Frank left, but he'd given us good service. So, you know, 
I you're hurt and I get that and when you're hurt you want to lash out and I get that too the other I think the other thing that I was trying to put into it uh the other week was that because we know a lot of people are pretty close to what's going on in the club which the press don't get hold of um there's a there was a lot going on behind the scenes with all of that with Mount that uh whilst we might not like it or appreciate that he's fucked off to United which I hate by the way um if you could see his side of it, you might understand. And it was a Horlicks at the club last year of monumental proportions. Uh, I understand rumoured rumours, etc., etc., allegedly, etc., etc., that they mismanaged his groin injury. Um, they certainly screwed him over in the deal because he was going to... Uh, they, they had agreed a deal before he went to the World Cup, which he didn't want to sign at that time because he wanted to focus on the World Cup. Came back from the World Cup. And they'd removed that deal completely and started again from scratch because when Stanley and Stewart had turned up, I think that would piss most people off. Um, I think he looked at the club and thought it was an absolute horror show over shambles. Probably saw the writing on the wall, maybe, with all these new players being bought in. Maybe he didn't fancy that. He's got an ego, you know. He'd done the hard yards. He'd broken through. Maybe he felt he deserved a bit more respect. He was certainly getting mugged off with the money. I mean, when you've got a prick like Sterling earning 350 grand a week and Mount was earning 80 then you've got to have a look and go, what the fuck? And uh, and maybe his dad's a bit greedy and he just wanted to do well for himself. So I think there's a lot more to it than we all kind of saw. But, you know, Tom, I'm not, I never would disabuse you of your right to have, have the right royal fucking hump, mate, and really hating on him for it. That's absolutely up to you. And I get that you're hurt. I think we've just been hurt a lot in the past, so we're a bit more immune to it. Okay, Clayton, what say you? Uh, I just agree with everything you just said. I think there's so much that that we don't know, you know. And although social media is not the be all and end all, if he ever, you know, he had to close his social media account, and basically the amount of abuse that he got on social abuse, what uh, on social media? Why would you stay if you basically think that you're supporters think that about you? Because I think I th- I I don't think that you know. It's difficult, isn't it? He's a young man. But if he really believes that what he saw on Twitter was emblematic of the uh, Chelsea supporter base, then, you know, he's a bit thick, frankly. Uh, because no, actually... Every... I think at the end of the day, these these guys have basically got people who manage the social media. Yeah, form. all right. Okay. But, you know, if he was genuinely affected by the abuse he got on Twitter, then I'm sorry. That's nuts. Because he was getting wholehearted support from all of the match-going supporters, every Absolutely. match. Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, he should he should have taken that as the barometer, not nonsense on social media. Right, JK? Um, I think it could have contributed, Chidge, um, if you don't think you, you, the supporters like you very much. And he, the season before, I think the problem was he was fantastic during the the Champions League season. And the following season had a big fall off. He was injured. No, not the second season. Oh, not, not last, last season. I'm talking about last season. I'm talk, talking about the season after the Champions right. League. He had a fall off then from it, um, which I think was quite understandable when you've achieved a goal like that. And it, you think you'd be buoyed up by it. And it, um, I'd like to know what his, his, sorry to mention the word stats, but assists, I think he'd, the season before, he had something fantastic like six, 18 assists, didn't he? Um, obviously, top, top player. But then last season, it was absolutely apparent that he thought 
Potter was a complete idiot. You know, I, I'm, well, he played him out of position and he had no enthusiasm for anything when he came on. And I felt, I must admit, I felt sympathetic for him, I'm afraid. I, rather than be hated him, I actually thought he was, it's the kind of thing you would do if you're in an environment that you just want to get away from. And you just think, if this man is going to carry on managing the team and I don't get an opportunity to play and nobody, everybody wants away um, and everybody, they've all decided they don't want to play for the team anymore. Um, it just makes sense. So it was no surprise to me at all. And particularly if he'd been screwed over, over the, the, the fee change, the, the amount of money he'd be paid. They took away the contract that he was set yeah. to agree and then he turned up and said, oh, you're not dealing with Todd Bowley anymore. You're dealing with Win Stanley and Stewart and we're going to scrap that and we're going to start again. Yeah. I would have said, fuck you, I'm off. Yeah. I mean, if in, in any also, in any other business, you know, I'm not a footballer, but in any job that yeah. I would have done, if, yeah, if yeah. an employer had done that, I'd say, well, fuck you, I'm off. But also if the if the um, the template is, uh, is sterling, you want that amount of money. And if they say, no, there's no way you're getting that amount of money, you then go, I don't want to play for you anymore. And that makes, you know, that makes great you know, sense to me. They're yeah. not they're not us. They're not like us. They don't support the club in the same way we do. They are they are professional footballers who get paid for a living to play football. You know, you, you they, I know they walk the walk and they talk the talk, but it's not like us, Tom. You know, they're not they will never be as loyal to this club as we all are. And I think, you know, I get I get your hurt, mate. I, I am too. I was really upset that he's gone. I think it's I think it's a tragedy for us, the club. Uh, and and for Mount as well, actually. But uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you'll you'll uh, you'll you'll you won't be as hurt, you know, in the in the imminent future, and you can maybe see his side of it. But uh, you know, I'm sorry if we were too reasonable. It's unlike us to be ever so reasonable, really, isn't it, J.K.? Normally, we're very unreasonable. Um, well, I think you're absolutely right, Chidge. I think it's it's to do with. Um, having been in a position where you've experienced that, where you've not been treated well, and you decide I'm not going to work with these people anymore, mm. and so you're sympathetic to somebody not feeling appreciated. Anyway, you didn't feel appreciated. You, you, you. It's very difficult to to maintain uh, um, uh, affection for the people and yeah. maintain a desire to to stay in that environment if you know you can get work elsewhere at the kind of um, at the kind of level that you feel you're. Your work should be appreciated. And anyway, his dad did support Man United. And as I often say, you can take the boy out of Portsmouth, but you can't take Portsmouth out of the boy. Pauses for dramatic effect. Uh, anyway, last, uh, it's not really an email, but it's a message that my good friend, our good friend, James Coppert sent us. The wonderful Just, James Coppert. Love him. Absolutely lovely, wonderful James Coppert. Exactly. Now, James is doing a big thing for charity and it's uh, tomorrow night and James will be staying all night locked in on his own with the most violent Millwall fan. No, with the most, actually talking to Millwall fans, uh, Nilesy put a tweet out the other day that apparently at Millwall they're now serving this lager, I can't remember the name, it begins with H, but apparently it's 5.2% and it's well known to lead to people getting rather aggressive and nasty when they've had too many, Clayton. At Millwall, yeah, no, I read the tweet. Apparently, is isn't the nickname of the beer hooligan? Yeah, well, the, the yeah, the colloquial name for it is hooligan. Absolutely mental. But anyway, no, James is not uh, staying locked in on his own with the most violent Millwall fan in the world. He is locked in on his own with the most violent poltergeist 
in the world to raise money for domestic abuse services because no one should suffer abuse. Quite right. I mean, James, what a worthy charity, and you're a legend if you're doing that. I, I, I That would freak me out. I wouldn't do that. So, James, if you're listening, best of luck. Uh, if you're worried about the poltergeist, just play him or her or it our podcast on repeat. That'll probably sort it out and run away screaming. But uh, also, it might make it more violent. Who knows? Uh, anyway, look, good luck with that, mate. Uh, and if you want to support uh, James in his endeavours, he has a Just Giving page, justgiving.com slash 30 East Drive. I will donate something for your worthwhile cause, James. So well done. Uh, any thoughts on that, boys? No, just well done, James. Yeah, Excellent. exactly. Congrats, yeah. Okay. Can you take pictures? Yeah, take some pictures, James. Don't don't, don't um, wind up the violent poltergeist, though, whatever you do. Right, that is all we've got time for tonight. JK and I will be back on Friday with Martin Wickham for the preview show looking ahead to West Ham away on Sunday uh, I'm going my nephew's going to his first ever away game we're excited um, you going JK oh yes yeah I'll see you there hopefully that'd be nice yeah hey listen I've got a question for you because you've kind of done this before I mean obviously me and Sash have got different tickets do you think we'll be able to like just find somewhere to stand together uh, my experience of uh, all the away games is um, you just turn up um, and before kickoff, find your mate and stand next to them and then just stand with them. Yeah. But nobody says anything. Uh, exactly. That's what I thought. We'll probably get in quite early, actually, too, because we've got to pick the tickets up about quarter well, to four. Stay from, together from the very beginning. You might have to go in. At Brentford, I was with a mate in separate um, entrances, but we still managed to find each other at half time. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. All right. Lovely. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, hopefully I'll see you there. But anyway, uh, we'll be joined by James Jones from We Are West Ham for the Opposition View, so do not miss that. Friday, half past seven, as always. Uh, quick shout-out for Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the people who donate a little bit of money every month. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Um, if you want to be loved like nobody can be loved, then all you have to do is donate a bit every month uh, to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, if you do, uh, and if you want one, I will send you a Kerry Dixon banner, but I'll also send you the link to our Discord group, which is wonderful. It's the beautiful, lovely people uh, who are quite often on Mixler. 24-7 they're at it. It's brilliant. Lovely. Uh, we've just read a load of emails. If you want your email read out or a Patreon message or an Instagram post or a tweet or a Facebook message, then let me have them by the end of the day on Sunday and we will read them out. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow the show on all the social media platforms at Chelsea Fancast. I'm at Stanford Cheers. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. And Clayton is... You need a new Twitter handle. You need the housewife's choice, mate. It would confuse too many people. Yeah, but only people who listen to this show would know that it was you. Or maybe just set up a separate account. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We can be your secret account where you can you can tweet in the you can tweet in the style of the housewife's choice. I know I can't get rid of that goalie fifty. No, 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 no. You don't have to. Just have another Twitter account. He's thinking about it. Uh, in the interim, you can find uh, Clayton on Twitter at goalie fifty nine, which is legendary. But there you go, Clayton. Lovely to see you, old bean. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you. Well, I mean, I'll definitely see you on September the 10th, but uh, hope, mm. hopefully I'll see you before then, me old China. 
Absolutely. I hope the back clears up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Get some Voltarol down your neck. Mmm. Most of all those things are. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, beer then, because that's a good muscle relaxant. That's very true. Yeah. Anyway, sleep well, mate, because I know back neck's horrible. Uh, JK, lovely to see you as always. That's our first one in the can, the first Monday show in the can. I'm happy. Oh. Great to be on the show. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Always lovely. Be on uh, Clayton. Well done, Clayton. Yeah. See you. See you on Friday, mate. Right. Thank you, you lot, for listening. You lovely mix of people. See you all soon. Until then, well, I'll see you on Friday, obviously. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Yeah. Up the chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blues, I love you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.